New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Live from a secure concrete bunker somewhere in Ohio, New Thought Media Network presents Pastor Michael Mangus with Friday's Fireside Chat, spiritual conversation for today. Here he is from the secret radio room, surrounded by thousands of watts, Pastor Michael Mangus. Well, good evening to you. Welcome to another Friday evening fireside chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Pastor Michael Mangus broadcasting live from Akron, Ohio, and it's really good to have you here this evening. We are on Facebook Live, so if you would like to enter in a comment, you may do so below. <laughs> I'm getting used to where all the comments are. I said it was over here and then over there, but I, they're, they're underneath there. Hi, Sunshine. Welcome. All the way from San Diego, California. Well, welcome this evening to the Fireside Chat. We are recording this evening on 9-11-20. I'd like to remind you that uh, we have a very special guest this evening, second half of the program, a longtime friend from WAMS Ministry. Reverend Donna Christine Park from Arizona, and WAM stands for Walk a Mile in My Shoes. And we'll talk about her social service ministry to the world by collecting shoes and then giving them away. So we'll be talking with uh, Donna Christine Park here in, in just a few moments. Today is the 19th anniversary of the hijacking of planes that attacked and killed nearly 3,000 people in three locations, the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and also near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Flight 93 was brought down by passengers who fought with the terrorist to bring the plane down before it hit another target. Both President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden paid their respects today separately at the Flight 93 Memorial today. So where were you 19 years ago? So I was working for county government at that time in the treasurer's office, and that attack early in the morning upset so many that people just started leaving, <laughs> going home. And it was myself the attorney, the CPA, and I think there was maybe two or three other 
ladies that were there that we stayed until two o'clock. There was a concern that the terrorists were going to hit other government buildings, including county and municipal buildings. And then I went home and watched footage of the planes crashing into the Twin Towers over and over again. I had a paper or school at that time. I just couldn't write that evening. And I remember several weeks later that I was asked to give a message at a religious science church up in Cleveland. So what I did was I went to go do research, and I was reading from one of my favorite interpretation Bibles called the Anchor Bible. And the location of the library was It was a temporary location because they were doing construction on the main library in downtown Akron. So it was a, (laughs) it was a library warehouse. And so I'm sitting and I'm just, I'm reading. And then I see this woman coming up with this huge lens (laughs) and I'm going, Hmm, this is interesting. So she came up to me, she introduced herself and she says, hi, I'm so-and-so from the Beacon Journal. Uh, the local newspaper, and we are doing an article, and I was wondering if it would be okay to take your picture. And I said, of course. So there I am (laughs) in the local section of the Akron Beacon Journal uh, with my nose in a book with, uh, I had round glasses on then, and going ahead and reading from the Anchor Bible, and the article was about how people were dealing with the attack on 9-11. And what they were doing was that they were reading books. The article talked about bibliotherapy, about the whole idea of reading your way through grief, through a crisis. My talk was on getting through the going through stage. And isn't that what we're going through right now? The same advice, the same counsel I'm going to give to you this evening that I gave 19 years ago, and that is the spiritual practice of forgiveness, to forgive everyone, to not hold anything against any person of any race, creed, or color. Number two is the whole idea of treating or visualizing world peace and positive outcome. If enough of us did that, if we reach a critical mass, what will happen is we will see a massive change in the world. And the other piece to the puzzle that I talked about 19 years ago that I'm talking to you about this evening. We practice peace within so that we exhibit peace on the outer. And again, that's through a practice of forgiveness. That's through a practice of, again, of being peaceful in mind, body, and affairs. We'll ask Reverend Donna Christine Park about the life of Peace Pilgrim here who has influenced her life greatly. So we are still in the midst of several storms here. 
And I'll mention them briefly. First storm is COVID-19. The CDC numbers as of yesterday, total U.S. cases, we have 6,343,562. Our total deaths so far, 190,262. And that number does not talk about the millions that are affected, the millions of families, the millions of mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, children that are affected by the deaths of these individuals. The cases in the last seven days here in in the United States, 256-159. Now, right here in Akron in Summit County, where we are broadcasting from this evening, we have changed our status from level two to level three because of an increase in, in infections. We need, please, to take this seriously. This is not a drill here. Again, like I said last week, the most spiritual thing you can do is to wear a mask, wash your hands, and practice social distancing. I was officiating a wedding last Saturday over in Pennsylvania. Myself, the photographer, and some of the wait staff were wearing masks. I didn't wear a mask during the ceremony, but we need to take this seriously. We are still in this. And again, I don't mention COVID-19 to make you feel bad. I mention it just to keep us aware. Still, the most spiritual thing you can do, besides your spiritual practice of prayer meditation, is wash your hands, (laughs) wear a mask, social distance. Dr. Fauci, in comments that I heard earlier, he mentioned today that during the fall and winter season this year, it would be a good idea that we hunker down, which again means social distancing. Do not be in large crowds without masks on. You don't want to end up in the news. <laughs> yes, I could just see uh, several churches that I know on the 6 or the 11 o'clock news. No, I'm not going to cancel, cancel that. But we've had churches who've had outbreaks from the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Again, I love motorcycles. Don't get me wrong. Many biker friends in my life that there has been numerous cases mentioned that because they did not practice social distancing and they did not wear masks, that there are outbreaks from the Sturgis gathering. And also weathering receptions. There was one in in Maine recently that was labeled a spreader event. You don't want to end up that way. So again, when you are meeting like we are meeting this Sunday at Summit CSL or our board meeting, we are meeting outside. We are practicing social distancing. We are wearing masks. Again, please take care of yourself. Please be in faith, not in fear. 
We are also mentioning this evening the fires in California, in Oregon, and also in Washington State. On the news earlier, we found out that 10% or 400,000 people in Oregon have had to be evacuated because of the fires. Please, let's pray for rain. Let's give money. Let's pray for the safety of our firefighters. The total acreage affected right now is 4.3 million acres. And also the cry for justice and racial equality continues. I saw this on CNN and I reported this evening because from a third party agency, they said that 93% of all the protests since March have been peaceful. 93%. Like I talked about last week, there seems to be a handful of agitators going up and starting all the trouble. We here in Centers for Spiritual Living, again, I do not speak for CSL, but I am a proud member of them. We continue to speak up and speak out for justice and equality. We continue to educate ourselves and we continue to visualize a world that does work for everyone. All right. Good to have you with us this evening. This is the Friday evening fireside chat on the New Thought Media Network. Good evening. I'm Pastor Michael Mangus broadcasting live from Akron, Ohio. It's really good to have you. As you are viewing us across the nation and around the world this evening. An article that caught my attention this week while I was doing show prep comes from the latest issue of Psychology Today. And it's a wonderful article, and I'll read most of it. It's by therapist Robin Stone whose practice is in New York City. And she is sharing with us therapists share their top tips for self-care. The reason I'm reading this is because, again, the people that care for us, the therapists, the ministers, the practitioners, the wise ones do self-care on a regular basis. And this also goes out to all of my minister and counselor and practitioner friends out there. Please take care of yourself during this time. Let me just go ahead and read this from Robin Stone. She says, I might not get the requisite eight hours per night, but I typically fall asleep not long after my head hits the pillow and I wake up feeling rested. But by early June, I found it hard to sleep soundly. After viewing the horrific videos of the killing of George Floyd by a white police officer, sadness and fury kept waking me up. I wondered about clients who might also be affected. One of the most important aspects of helping clients manage their stress is to make time and space to manage my own. Can we hear that, ministers? Can we hear that, counselors? Can we hear that, practitioners? For us to be of any good to anybody else, 
we must take care of ourselves first here. I'll go on with the article. Like everyone else, we mental health professionals are also affected by the ongoing threats from the coronavirus pandemic, the continued police, police brutality against black and brown people, and eruptions of social unrest nationwide. And for all of us, stress is far higher than the pre-COVID days. Adding to that a yawning cultural divide and a grueling grading election season, and it is a wonder that any of us sleep at all. Robin Stone goes on. She says, with so much to process, I knew I needed to build up my own mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional reserves. If I'm exhausted or distracted or in distress, I am no good for my clients or myself. I'll repeat that again to all my minister, counselor, and practitioner friends. Unless you take care of yourself, you are no good for your clients. You are no good for the people that see you for spiritual help and support. Making time and space for self-care is just as critical as knowing and applying effective psychotherapy techniques. Robin Stone goes on. She says, many of us think of self-care as a luxury, but self-care is what allows us to mind our partners and family, support our friends, stay woke, and push for social justice without burning out. Self-care goes broad and deep, includes hygiene, nutrition, lifestyle, environment, and when necessary, the appropriate medication. I'm going to stop right there. Medicine Buddha. Sometimes, again, if you are suffering from depression, long-going depression, Again, that's nothing to mess with. I've had friends of mine commit suicide over that. Please go see a medical doctor. I know that my physician, my nurse practitioner, is a 300-hour yoga therapist <laughs> and also a mindfulness teacher. So she incorporates that into our talk when I go and see her. Robin Stone goes on. She says, as the late writer in Womanist thinker Audrey Lord proclaimed, she said, caring for myself is not a self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Robin Stone wrote, she says, for me, self-care often involves moving and being outdoors, whether it's dancing, bicycling, Zumba, or walk and talks, moving makes me feel alive generating endorphins that boost happiness and fight stress. I also feel satisfied when my body does what I want it to do, whether it is sprinting or mastering a line dance or doing a circuit of jumping jacks and planks, especially as I age. Getting out in nature makes me feel connected to the universe. Even before sessions with clients, I make a point to pop outside and get some fresh air and sunshine. I have therapist friends who see sometimes anywhere between six and 10 clients a day. Please go outside, <laughs> take your lunch breaks, take care of yourself. 
Outdoor pastimes that lift my spirits include enjoying the beach, bird watching, and photographing nature. And then there's golf, which offers so many benefits, from fresh air to walking and climbing to enjoying the lush green fairways, full of promise, and many of the creatures call them home. My game is more C than A, but I do not get stuck on the high score. I enjoy the scenery and the challenge, since I often play the game with my husband or girlfriends, and they are very good company. So for those sleepless nights, I did something counterintuitive. For a few weeks, I set my clock a bit earlier, and I got out for a two to three mile walk just about every morning before work and sometimes with my husband. I followed most of the walks with a bit of quiet time and also a 15-minute reflective writing session before I start my day. I also processed my experience with my own therapist. Yes, many mental health professionals have their own therapist. If you're helping other people, you have to be in touch with yourself. So regular counseling sessions, regular practitioner sessions keeps your edge sharp. In time, Robin Stone wrote, she says, I was sleeping soundly and fully present for my clients and my family. Here's a few tips that were given by Dr. Zoe Shaw. She's a licensed psychotherapist and relationship coach from California. And these are the answers to the question. She says, what self-care practice have you found most beneficial in these times? And she wrote a combination of quiet, reflective time in nature and purposeful connecting face-to-face with humans in the safest way possible. The question was, in what way does it help? And she wrote back, she says, moving my body in nature, running or taking a walk, grounds me to the present and calms my soul. I love looking up at the sky, the clouds, or the tops of the trees. Again, nature is your most healing element here. Again, Dr. Zoe wrote this. She said, it reminds me that there is so much out there greater than myself, which puts my current stressors into perspective. We as humans were created to be in connection with each other. When I have an in-person interaction, it fulfills that deep need in me and aligns my spirit in a wonderful way. The last question I'm going to read, it says, when you can't do what's most beneficial, what is your plan B? So what's your plan B here? And she wrote, when I can't get enough sleep, I try to plan a power nap during the day when I miss my morning workouts. I park a little further from my destination and walk and do some push-ups and sit-ups between client sessions. When I miss my morning meditation or prayer, I squeeze in some quick one-minute moments of silence and deep breathing in my car before or after a meeting. When I overeat or eat the least healthy choice, I give myself some grace and I choose to be thankful that I have choices in the food that I eat. Again, all of this is in the latest issue of Psychology Today. The author was 
Robin D. Stone, who's a psychotherapist in private practice at Positive Psychology Associates in Manhattan. Well, good evening to you. This is the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus. Thank you to Diego for producing our program this evening. If you see at the bottom of the scroll, you see where you can donate money. <laughs> New Thought Media Network needs your help. And again, your contributions go a long way to taking this powerful, positive message, not only to our nation here in the United States, but also the whole world. So again, five, 10, 15, 20, $25 really makes a big difference. It gets the message out there. It allows us to buy more equipment. It allows us to provide more bandwidth. It allows us to buy some of the equipment that we're going to need to do streaming. It's going to allow us to be able to do remotes at some of the top New Thought festivals around the nation and around the world. Please help us. Your money goes a long way here, your donation. And it really, again, not only blesses you for giving it, but it also blesses the world. So please give. Really appreciate every single one of you this evening for joining us. So for a few announcements before we introduce our guest, on Sunday mornings, you will find me at Summit Center for Spiritual Living, which is the teaching chapter here in Akron, Ohio. For more info on them, you can go to summitcsl.org, summitcsl.org. There you can get information about their wonderful Sunday morning celebration online, 1030 Eastern Time, 730 Pacific. So our friends in San Diego, you can wake up with us, go grab your cup of coffee, and come and join us. It's absolutely wonderful. We are continuing our monthly focus on balance. Each and every month, we take a spiritual principle and we embody that. We talk about that. And this coming Sunday, it's Independent New Thought Minister, Reverend Jonathan Miller, will be speaking on balance. Our schedule of fall classes is coming soon. So again, we invite you to come and join us. It's a great group, wonderful consciousness. Join us Sunday mornings. All the information for the Zoom call is on the website, including the password. And all you need to do is to go to summitcsl.org. Yours truly is available for practitioner sessions, also guest speaking. I love Zoom because I can <laughs> I can talk anywhere. And also for ceremonies and weddings here in the Northeastern Ohio and also Western Pennsylvania area. One of the nice things that's happening is that I'm now getting phone calls for smaller weddings. Again, the brides, we had a very interesting summer. Most of the brides canceled the large weddings. And so now I'm getting the calls for the small weddings with the promise of that next year, uh, we can have the bigger party. So contact me at Pastor Michael Mangus at gmail.com. Pastor Michael Mangus at gmail.com. If you have a comment or a question about the show, please 
would love to dialogue with you. Pastor Michael Mangus at gmail.com. We have many wonderful programs here on the New Thought Media Network. We have morning and evening prayer. We have a Wednesday evening booth with Reverend Robert. We have Real Talk with Eugene Holden on Thursdays. His special guest this week was Reverend Dr. David Alexander, talking about how the science of mind is a liberation theology. Also a wonderful program, I think it's on Mondays, it's live from the UK with Laura Topper. And there's concerts, there's classes, there's so much more. Go on the New Thought Radio and Media Facebook page and there get all kinds of information. I know that Reverend Robert's also doing a class on mental equivalence in October. Again, it doesn't matter whether you belong to a center or not. We would just love to have you in the class and participating in any way that you can here on the New Thought Media Network. The prayer for peace today was outstanding. So again, it's wonderful. All the good things that we're able to do here to be of comfort, to be of help to individuals here. It is my pleasure to now introduce our special guest this evening. I have known Reverend Donna Christine Park for several years. We met through the International New Thought Alliance. If you do not think that one person can change the world, I'm about to introduce to you one person who has. And just think if you found your own niche and you did it also. Donna Christine Park is the founder, president, and chief enthusiastic officer of the Walk a Mile in My Shoes on the Path to Peace. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which provides a sturdy foundation for a peaceful day to folks having no shoes at all. So what Donna Christine does is she goes into a town, and what she does is she collects shoes instead of taking them and going ahead and sending them off to Africa or South America, what she does is she redistributes the shoes right in the same area. So she's distributed well over 40,000 pair of shoes. She's also active in her own New Thought Ministry with her Whisper of Angels celebrations and ceremonies with a primary message which states quitting is not an option. What would happen if you had that same motto? Quitting is not an option. Reverend Park's intention is to bring a smile to your heart as you anticipate a new week of activity, fun, and a zest for being able to be available and to serve. So it is my privilege and pleasure to introduce to you the worldwide audience here on New Thought Media Network, my friend, Reverend Donna Christine Park, who is also known as Reverend Shoes. Donna Christine, welcome. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you tonight. And yes, Michael, we have walked the path for quite a few years, both here in Arizona and also in, in the Ohio. And uh, it has just been an absolute privilege to, to join with you. So thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, you're so welcome. And 
the reason I wanted to have you on this evening, uh, Donna Christine, is to talk a little bit about your organization and how did you get the thought to do this kind of ministry? I mean, you had many other opportunities that you could have taken advantage of. Again, you're an independent new thought minister. You could have taken a church or could have done other things. Why WAMS? Well, Walk a Mile in My Shoes on the Path to Peace, which is its full official legal name, was born when I was introduced to an organization um, called the Military Family uh, Support Group. And it, I was going to a seminar here in Arizona. And before we were heading to the semin a seminar, we went for dinner at Sweet Tomatoes. And there was this group gathering. Um, literally, uh, a third of the, the building was covered with uh, um, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and veterans and you name it, all different, all different elements of society, I like to say. And I, being the very curious person, some would say nosy, but I, I waddled over with my walker and I was introduced to the coordinator who was Lyanna Bruce, incredibly wonderful, wonderful lady. And she told me that the, the military family support group make, meets once a month and they uh, do packages, more or less packages that were then sent to um, Iraq and Afghanistan. This was early on, this was 2008. And so, she could have uh, you know, ended the conversation right there. She had things to do, places to go, but she continued to, uh, to tell me that she had a mom who was a Blue Star mom, whose son was a medic in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And he felt that the thing that was needed on the ground more than anything else in the world were children's shoes. Because before he could address a cold or you know anything else he had to deal with the shrapnel that was in the child's foot and so shoes were a, a real priority uh to say the least and so we started you know uh, i can tell you that i went home from that seminar um don't ask me for a word of that uh overnight i always say i like to say that i had a uh, a visitation which in told me that i would know what to do in the morning so on June 26, 2008, I awoke up knowing that walk a mile in my shoes on the path to peace was my, was my ministry. And we have continued throughout these years, 12 years now. And we, you know, it's just been the most incredible experience. And as, as you've said, Michael, we come into a town, we ask to be hosted, and we, are, uh, we also ask for your outreach programs. So when I come into your town, I will say, you know, do you have uh, homeless programs? Do you have back to work programs for women and uh, other other types of programs? And as we are sorting the shoes, that's how we determine where they're going. I can tell you that in my trips to Cleveland and to Akron, we did incredible work. I mean, absolutely incredible work and we shared throughout the entire area. Uh, for several years in a row. Uh, at the moment, obviously, with our, what I call the uh, collective global experience called COVID-19. Collective global experience. I like that. <laughs> collective global experience. I wanted to find a nice way to put it. 
and that was my that was my way of doing that. And uh, in fact, today I am supposed to be in Georgia for a special event in Georgia that I've done annually for uh, nine years. So I'm thanking you for putting my mind uh, at ease and doing something exciting now uh, through this call. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So tell us some of the, I know you have a lot of stories, but what are some of the stories of people that you've helped through this shoe distribution? I mean, do you have like one or two that you can, that really touch your heart that you can share with us? I have one of my favorites and, you know, because, you know, you're an accurate, I will tell you that um, I had wonderful people helping me uh, because I don't drive. And so, as I said, I asked to be hosted and I was hosted by a beautiful family in, uh, in Cleveland and, and also in Akron. Thank you very much. But we, I like to go to an area in your, in your uh, town and just have some shoes with me and walk around, for instance, the square. So public square in Cleveland which is a just an amazing location. And twice we did this, two years in a row we did it. But this one particular time, I was walking past a man sitting on a bench and I just excused myself and I said, sir, you know, how are your shoes? And doesn't everybody ask that question? And so, so he, you know, he held up his, you know, picked up his foot and frankly, the soles of his fit uh, shoe were flopping off and so you know I never know whether I'm going to have the right size or whatever but we went into the bag and we found this pair of shoes that fit him like I mean it was true you know true whatever it was just perfect absolutely perfect and um, I don't like to linger because I don't like to embarrass people so I walked away and we walked around the rest of the square and I came was coming back around by the traffic light <clears throat> and there he was I mean and he, his whole stature had had changed he was he was tall and he was he just stood up so uh, so straight and tall and he walked across the street well I turned around and looked back at the chair and he had left his shoes on the ground by the chair I mean he literally walked out of those shoes and walked into a new, you know, with, with new gusto, shall we say. And um, it was, oh, it was just, I could tell you stories for hours. I mean, just absolutely for hours. Michael, you know that. <laughs> oh, I know that. So I talked about this earlier in the pre-show with Diego. I wanted to talk to you about this now. So many in New Thought said, or say that we shouldn't be involved in such social work that we should just teach the teaching. If people need shoes, have them attracted to them. So what's your response to individuals that say that individuals in New Thought should not be doing this kind of work? Well, I guess I, you know, come from a different thought about that because first of all, if somebody is attracting uh, the need for shoes, what if they, they are attracting uh, lambs to them? You know, what if lambs is the answer to their prayer and we have the opportunity, you know, to assist? I mean, I can't imagine that New Thought teachings 
contradict the the need or the opportunity truly the opportunity to serve another human being so uh, i will tell you that you know and i may be way you know may not attract very many people with that but i don't agree with that at all i don't agree with that at all well and i and i don't need go ahead okay go ahead no, and I don't either. I just think that, again, that that's one of the reasons I think that we do not attract uh, Gen Xers, Gen Zs, and also millennials. It's because we are not giving to the community. We are not outgrowing from our ministry and from our from our hearts of love, which we say that we do go ahead to be the answer to the prayer. You were the answer to that gentleman's prayer. Oh, shoot. So I feel that way. And yeah. he was the answer to mine. I mean, I, you know, the experiences that I've had, I mean, have just been, I can, you know, I keep saying I cannot tell you how many times just in, in the opportunity to serve. That has been, you know, the greatest gift to my life. I, I've said this many, many times that if I had stopped to think about how lambs would become a reality, on that on that 25th of June, this I wouldn't be sitting here with you because none of the other things, the stepping stones that have led me to this very very day, could never have occurred. And so you know, I I just the gifts. I mean, we talk about being teachers and students. I have been both over these last 12 years, and it has just been incredible. And your you know the question about ministry and and Mind, I always consider myself a, a ministry outside the box. We don't have a box, you know. Um, I I don't think I don't fit in the way other people do things, you know. I, I show up in costumes. I you know, like I do. I am the little old lady in the shoes, the angel of peace, the you know, you name it, Wonder Woman, not Wonder Wonder Woman. Because, I mean, it's just been, I mean, it's, it's just given me an opportunity to serve, which is what was missing in my life. I had faced homelessness. I had faced, you know, you know, different things. And on the, on the night that this, this became my reality, you know, I had no idea, you know, where's the money go, going to come from to, to uh, uh, nail the shoes? Do you know that I would pack 14 inch square boxes? and take them with help to the post office and there there were times when i did not know where that 14 you know sending out 14 boxes was going to come come from do you know people uh sponsored boxes in the, the post office in line <laughs> i mean you know oh, you, I believe don't, that. you don't hear stories like that but i can tell you right now that and they were like it's about 30 dollars a box you know average maybe a little bit less but um, I always left room. I was able to get 27 pairs of children, specifically younger children's shoes, into the box. And I always left room on the top of the box for treats for both the, the uh, recipient, you know, what I call my lambs team captain, and also for the children. And I, I had one team captain, his name was Michael uh, Wickstrom, who I have had the privilege of meeting as well. and. Um, he was, I called him my squeaky wheel because he would tell me things about, um, he was in Kabul 
and he would tell me things about the area and whatever. He told me that children had never had bubbles, a jar of bubbles, something so simple. And so there again, every time out of my pocket, I would put in, thank God for the Dollar Tree, um, you know, I would put in, you know, uh, the three pack of bu uh, bubbles plus the, plus the treats and pencils and things like that, anything that I, and socks. You know, we would find, find socks. So one of, one of the things that uh, she alluded to the question I, <laughs> before, uh, because I told her about it, but uh, on, the, on the Facebook Science of Mind post, there was one that said that New Thought organizations should not train ministers anymore, that it was not cost-effective, it was an old, outdated model. Um, there's not enough brick and mortar churches to go around. And again, that what individuals are seeing, like Donna Christine, is that you don't need a brick and mortar church. All you need is a really good idea to go out there and to serve. And again, if you think that you need a lot of money, look at Donna Christine Park. Yeah. You know, they, again, again in line at the post office yep, she had yep. no money to ship these things out and uh -huh. that people gave money in the line but i had faith but i had faith and i still do and you know i mean the experiences you know i'll give you another wonderful story uh situation i was introduced to a um, a program that was going to take uh, take place in kenya back in January, the last weekend in January, the beginning of February, and it was Reverend Connie Phelps, CSL, you know, minister for many, many years. And um, I made the choice. I made the, as soon as I saw that, I knew I wanted to support this new ministry, CSL Kenya, and off I went to Kenya. But what was even more amazing is I was invited to speak. And so I am now an international speaker. Who would have thought? I mean, come on, this little. Well, we've already known that. <laughs> the, the experiences, you know, that I have had, the people that I've met um, in Cleveland. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was doing back in the day was uh, participating with roller skating rinks, and so we did shoe drives at the roller skating rink in uh, in Cleveland. And do you know that because of my uh, a previous uh, interaction, I had met uh, uh, Congressman Dennis Kucinich and his beautiful wife, Elizabeth. I met, I met Elizabeth waiting for a, an elevator at the Newark Peace Education Summit back in 2012. <laughs> and, you know, um, she asked, she says, oh, are you here to speak? And I said, no. I said, are you here to speak? And I, she said, yes. And I said, well, what is your topic? And she told me it was about food. She's very, very um, uh, act, active with uh, uh, healthy eating. And I looked at her, and I just about jumped into her arms. I said, you are Elizabeth Kuzinich. <laughs> and do you, do you know, when I got to the skating rink that first time, Dennis and Elizabeth brought me shoes. How wonderful. It was, you know, wonderful. It was truly just, you know, just a beautiful experience and, and just a blessing to see them again. And, uh, 
you know, we have this wonderful interaction because um, of Dennis's, um, one of Dennis's primary messages is about peace and the Department of Peace. And WAMS, that is the, the essence of what who WAMS is. It's about stepping forward on the path to peace. So for those people who, who are watching this evening, hello. Uh, you are watching, uh, you're truly Pastor Michael Mangus with a very special guest this evening, Reverend Shoes, Reverend Dr. Christine Park from Arizona. This is a Friday evening fireside chat here on the New Thought Media Network. One of the things, Reverend Donna Christine, that you mentioned was that one of your inspirations for WAMS was the work of Peace Pilgrim. So talk to us about the work of Peace Pilgrim for those of us who are not familiar with it and how has she inspired your life? Well, it's interesting, Michael. I was not introduced to Peace Pilgrim until 2010. Uh, WAMS began in 2008, but when I watched the uh her video about her uh her exerciser which you know she literally uh, uh left all her worldly goods and walked uh set out to walk the united states beginning at the um uh the rose parade in pasadena in 1953 uh December, excuse me january 1 1953 and she walked um, and that is one of the reasons why Cleveland was so important to me. I was able to see that she did walk through Public Square and she, you know, in her trek uh, into uh, Washington, D.C. and up, into, up to New York City. And so there were things that I was trying to do to literally, you know, hopscotch across the country to do some, uh, some stops to honor her. Um, one of, uh, she has several wonderful quotations, but my favorite and one that I have taken is, uh, you know, to heart uh, as the uh, angel of peace or reverend shoes and etc. is, I will remain a wanderer until mankind learns the way of peace. So I have been to Washington, D.C. We, we literally showed up at the White House back in 2000, and I think it was 2012, because we were following her path going into New uh, uh, no, it was probably 2013, going into New York City. She had intended to, intended to deliver three petitions. One, let me see if I can remember. One, the, uh, the creation of the Department of Peace, which is still needs to be done. Um, the end of the war in Korea and the end of nuclear, uh, nuclear disarmament, basically. And so she took those petitions, uh, and I never found out whether she actually got to deliver them to anybody, uh, because Eisenhower was not at the White House the day she stopped by. Uh, she did meet with his minister. And then when she did get up to New Jersey, or uh, up uh, to New York, um, the, the United Nations was on hiatus for, this, for the uh, holiday. I should tell you that you know one of the greatest gifts of my love of peace pilgrim is that I have been hosted by her now 105-year-old sister Helene. And the other thing is that we are both from New Jersey originally. She from Southern New Jersey and me from uh, Irvington, New Jersey, which is kind of Jersey girls. No, I, we don't Joy's. say Jersey. Other people <laughs> say Jersey. I do not ever say Jersey. So, yes, Jersey. Okay. 
So, so oh, and the other thing I, I must honor uh, another stop that one thing she did before she started her trek across the United States, beginning in 1953, ending in 1981, where she was killed uh, in an automobile accident in Knox, Indiana. She was the first woman to through hike the Appalachian Trail. So on this very day, I should be in Dahlonega, Georgia, which is the southernmost terminus of the uh, Appalachian Trail. And I have been going there. This would have been my ninth year going. They are doing it, if you will, go to DahlonegaTrailFest.com, uh, I think, and uh, visit them this weekend. They're doing it as a Zoom. And oh, wonderful. You'll meet the incredible people in that town and, and just the amazing people who are very um, healthy, active people, on, you know, hiking and biking and all this other good stuff. So, Reverend Donna Christine Park, how can people get a hold of you? Well, you are certainly welcome to visit me uh, for myself, uh, Donna Christine Park, uh, on Facebook. Uh, also, facebook.com slash whamsnow, W-A-M-M-S-N-O-W. And we would love to have you keep in touch and let us know how we can serve you in the future when it's safe for us all. Um, as I said, we'd like to come to your town, uh, be hosted. We'd like to do something special, maybe a concert or a potluck or something like that to begin the process. Collecting shoes before I arrive. We sort the shoes, we pack the shoes, and then we deliver them to your outreach programs in your area to, it more or less is the gift that keeps on giving. Literally. I'll tell you, and I've had the honor of doing that. And let me tell you something, it is so wonderful to be able to go out with uh, Reverend Donna Christine Park and be able to share that kind of love. Well, Never Dr. know which costume either. Yeah, uh, in costume, yes. Uh, there is an angel or a Wonder Woman. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here. I'm getting the wrap it up signal from Diego. So, uh, but I want let uh, I'm going to do now <clears throat> the least complained about <laughs> section of our program, and that is the jokes. Are you ready? How do celebrities stay cool? How do celebrities stay cool? They have many fans. Why did the coach go to the bank? To get his quarterback. How do you organize a space party? You plan it. <laughs> Why are skeletons so calm? Because nothing gets under their skin. Oh, here's my favorite. Send all mail to Pastor Michael Mangus at gmail.com. How do you make a Kleenex dance? How do you make a Kleenex dance? You put a little boogie in it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh that's fun. 
I, I love those bad jokes. Those are so much fun to do. All right. Well, listen, uh, we're getting the wrap-up signal here. A couple of things before we go again. Uh, get in contact with Reverend Hughes on uh, on her Facebook page on Reverend uh, Donna Christine Park. She's a wonderful Facebook friend. And also Lambs Now. Uh, if you could send a little money your way, because again, a dollar in her hand turns into a hundred. Um, because what happens is that she she uses it to buy postage and other things that really help other people. So again, thank you so very much. Donna Christine Park, we will see you soon, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a privilege. Yeah, thank, thank you. you yeah, a couple of things before we go. Uh, just to remind you, here
Thanks for joining us this evening for Friday's Fireside Chat with Pastor Michael Mangus. Join us again next week at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain for more spiritual conversations for today. For more information and replays of past shows, please visit the New Thought Radio and Media Network's Facebook page. Until next week, may God bless you richly and abundantly.